Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Last week, we kicked off a series called authority. And we talked about what does it look like for the believer to carry authority? Because I think, you know, if you grew up in church, you know, you, you, you hear about authority, you know about authority, but we, you've never really dived into what does that actually look like to carry authority wherever I go. If you didn't come last week, you can watch the replay on YouTube. But I said that anybody, everybody in this room, doesn't matter what job you have, it doesn't matter what title you carry. If you are in Christ, you have authority. You have authority to go against whatever the enemy's been trying to do. You have authority to pray. You have the authority to believe. You have an anointing. You carry something different than everybody else. And that believe, then I'm talking about the people in this room. Can you just raise up and say, God, I thank you that I am anointed. Say, God, thank you that I am anointed. Sometimes you have to remind yourself of who you are because nobody else will. There will be people that will talk about you. There will be people, sometimes you yourself will say things to discourage yourself. But I'm here to remind you that you carry authority. You carry something different. And so that's why we wanted to start this series as we, as we continue in this year. So that we would be a people, wherever we go, that carries the power of God. We carry the power of God wherever we go. In fact, here's the, if you want to know the definition of biblical authority, it's this. It's the right to use an already existing power. It is the right to use an already existing power. Who's the existing power? It's Jesus Christ in us. It's the right. We have the right to use an already existing power, and that is Christ. But here's the key. The key is to know how can I access that power every single day. That's the key. That's the key, to be aware of the power that I already carry. If you have never given your life to Jesus, today's the day you will be able to do that. But if you are in Christ, it's that kind of power to carry wherever you go. We're going to be in several passages today. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 16. We're going to be in verses 17 through 19. But we're going to start here. Matthew 16, 17 through 19. This is after Peter declares Jesus. Everybody was, Jesus asked the disciples, who, who do you, they say I am? And Peter's the only one that says, you are the Christ. But I want to stop right here where Jesus replies. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. There's another version that says, whatever you bind on earth, will you bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And there's also another version that says, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And the gates of hell will not prevail. So the title of my message is this, a a gate level authority. A gate level authority. I want to talk about that. Because the Bible talks about gates, and if you don't know what gates are, in the Bible, gates were where were business transactions happen. In the gates were where meetings would happen and, and legislation would happen and different things would happen at the gates. And so when, when, when Jesus is saying, and the gates of hell will not prevail, what Jesus is saying is that whatever hell sends your way will not win. 
will not overcome you. The devil can, can send whatever he wants, but in Jesus Christ, as long as he is the rock, as, he, as long as he is the foundation that I stand on, will not prevail. I know that there are religions that believe that Peter, that that's where they get that Peter was the first saint, the first priest and the first this and that. No, no, no. Jesus is not saying that on, on Peter that the church will be built. No, no. He's saying on the rock. Yes, he changed Peter's name to rock, but he's not talking about Peter as the rock because the Bible says that Jesus is the rock, that he is the foundation. He's the one that we stand on. It's Jesus Christ and Jesus. Amen. You can clap your hands for that. It's not on a man because man can't do anything. It's on Jesus Christ himself. And so Jesus is the one that we stand on. And so we hear this word a lot, binding and loosing and binding and loosing. And if you don't, you know, if you've never really understood what binding is, binding is this. Let me help you understand what binding is and what, what loosing is. Binding is holding evil off of you. So when Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound on him, is you're holding evil off of you. And loosing is this. It's already got you and you need to get loosed. It's already, if, there's, if it's an addiction, if it's a bad habit, if there's something that's already good, then you need to get loosed. You need to let it go. So we are in the process in our life where we are either binding against what the enemy's trying to do on us, or we're trying to get rid of what the enemy's already had on us. But I thank God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose from the, de- from the dead. And he gives us life and he gives us power. So you don't have to stay bound. All you need is to call on the name of Jesus and you will be saved. And you will be saved. That's why I have, as, as a pastor, I cannot allow you to stay defeated. I can't let you, I, I'm not going to let you get, I'm not going to give you an inch to let you sulk because of what's happening to you. I can't. I got to encourage you. I got to make sure you are strong in the Lord. If nobody else will, I will. If, if no one else is going to encourage you, I will. But I will not, I promise you till this day, until the day I die, I will not allow you to sulk in defeat. Because in Christ, there's no room for that. So if there's no room for that, why would I as a pastor allow you to stay in that? Why would I do it? And, he's the, and, and, and when Jesus replies to Peter, he's talking about the church. He says, man, the church is going to carry an authority. Me and you, we are going to carry an authority that the gates of hell will not prevail in our lives. At the gate, it will not prevail. Whatever the enemy's been trying to do, maybe this week you've had some problems. Maybe this week there are people that have spoken things over you. Maybe this week that you've had trouble at work and it seems like, man, what is going on? Or maybe you're a young person in school and there's just, what in the world is happening? It's probably because the devil has been trying to send things your way, but in Jesus' name today, he will not prevail. He will not prevail. I'm here to encourage somebody. If somebody's been gossiping about you in your job or been trying to, to, to just tear your name apart in front of people, can I tell you that in the name of Jesus, that person will be the bridge to your promotion. That person will be the bridge. That person that's been trying to destroy you, God will make that a bridge to your promotion. Got quiet. That means someone's been dealing with that. It's okay. But church, we have... We have the key to this and the key is through Christ. The key is the Bible says through Christ. 
Anything that me and you will ever do in our life will be done by the power of Jesus inside of us. That's why the Bible says that it is greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Anything we will ever do, anything you ever do from this moment on, it'll be through Christ, through Christ, through Christ, through Christ. And Jesus modeled this perfectly. He modeled not only to the disciples, but he models to us today what it looked like to carry authority and power. And it came through a flow of intimacy with his father. Jesus said in the gospel, I do what my father does. I only do what my father does. When people were trying to question him and ask him, man, how are you doing this? And in what name? And what do you, he's like, I'm only doing what my father does. And it's the same thing as a son and daughter. We only do what our father does. We only do what our father does. But it, it, it flows from an intimacy. In other words, your faith has to be personal. Your faith has to be personal. It has to be a personal faith. When, when, when a pastor or a preacher can't pray for you, there has to be a faith on the inside of you that activates and says, you know what, I'll, I'll pray and I'll declare over my life whatever it is that I'm going through. And I'll believe that God's going to come and heal me. It, there has to, it has to be personal, church. If we are going to overcome the enemy with the authority that God's given us, then we need a personal faith. We need a, pay, a faith that is not our dad or mom's faith, our friend's faith. No, we have to cultivate our own faith. We have to build our own strong man. We can't always rely for the guest speaker to come and do something. No, no, there has to be a moment in your life when the lights are off and the band is gone where you say, Pastor Sam, I'm going to them, but because I have faith in God, I'll handle it. I'll handle it. I will handle it. And Jesus modeled that to the disciples because think about it. The disciples were following Jesus, but everybody was dependent on him for everything. And Jesus would get upset. Jesus, there's no food. Why don't you give them food? Jesus, we're, 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 why don't you? He was always challenging the disciples. Why don't you do it? He was doing that because he already knew that he was going to die on the cross and he was going to rise and he was going to leave the Holy Spirit here. But he, he needed the, the disciples to understand, hey, Yes, believe in me, but work your faith. Work your faith. Exercise. Just like when you exercise, you, you, you expand your muscles. It's the same thing when it comes to faith. Work your faith. Work your faith. When nobody else is around, work your faith. It's not bad to ask for prayer. I will, I will pray for you all day long. But can I tell you something? There's nothing better. Nobody knows you like you. Nobody knows you like you. So your faith has to be personal. It's through Christ, but through Christ must be personal. It has to be, it has to be a personal faith. How do we have a personal faith, church, this morning? We have a personal faith, like Jesus said, through intimacy, through the Father. That means that your prayer time has to be the most important time of the day. As simple as that sounds, it's not always so simple. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll go days without really praying. The most praying we'll ever do is, God, thank you for this food. And that's a very famous prayer, because we all do it. Thank you for the food, God. And you start eating. Or we just wake up and on your prayer, God, take everybody. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but if you're going to produce intimacy, that requires knowing and spending time. Just like if you're married in this room, you know your spouse because you've spent time. You've had conversations. There's an intimacy there 
that nobody else has but you and your spouse. Your kids know you intimately because you spend time with them. You feed them, you clothe them, you go on vacations together, you do life every single day through the, through the mountaintops and the valleys, you go through things together. That's intimacy. And it's the same thing with the Lord. Our personal faith starts with our prayer life. Because it's when I get into the, like we said, when we come boldly to, to the throne of grace, that is where we find our peace. That is where we find clarity. If you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor, I just need clarity. There are some decisions and there are big decisions that I need to make and I just need clarity. You find that in God's presence. Pastor, Sam, we're just going through a, a season of our life that seems a little bit challenging. Go to the presence of God. You don't always need to go through the pastor. I don't have, we don't have this thing built like a priest where you just talk to me through a thing and I'll talk to God for you. No, no. The Bible says that Jesus tore the veil. That means anybody can go to the presence of God. So your prayer time needs to be personal. Your prayer time is not just going to be publicly because we're at church and this is Sunday and we pray because that's what a Christian should do. No, no, no. A prayer time is personal. It's because I have a relationship with Jesus and I need to spend time with him. And I need to hear from the Lord. Some of the great men of God of, of old, they would spend hour before anything praying, speaking in the Lord. Spending time. And we, church, can I tell you something? It's not an old school thing. It's always been. It's an always been thing. In fact, the Jewish people, you want to say, you know, know something? They used to go to the synagogue three times a day to pray. Nine, twelve, three. In our time. Nine, twelve, three. There was, there was such a, a desire to say, hey, I, I'm coming to pray. I'm coming to the presence of the Lord. I need to hear from God. I need to spend time. It's a personal thing. Second thing is this, is you create a, you create a personal, a personal face by hearing the word of God. In fact, Romans ten seventeen says this, if you can put it up there, Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from hearing that is hearing the good news about Christ. What you're doing right now is you're building your personal faith. It's not just prayer, but it's also hearing. It's what you allow in your life that dictates what you experience. It's what you decide to put in that you experience that will come out. It's what you decide. If you spend more time hearing negative things throughout the week, then don't wonder why you are a negative person. If you spend more time hearing angry things and, and, and replaying things all the time, it's no wonder why you can't get rid of the bitterness. Because what are you listening to today? It's not just a Sunday thing. No, no. Can I hear the word of God every single day? When I read the Bible, do I put on a podcast? Whatever that looks like, whatever it is, you create space to hear the word of God. And you build your personal faith. As you build your personal faith, your authority begins to build. You begin to realize, oh my gosh. Yeah, I I am looking. I'm going to look straight at that mountain. I am going to speak to that mountain. It is going to move because God said so. And I'm only doing what my father says. And I'm only going to do what my father does. Because you spent time. You heard the word. The next And the other thing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come. Give us gifts. And through gifts, 
We serve the church, and through the church, we find that we carry something else. It's through the Holy Spirit that we, we reveals all things. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through Christ, and through Christ requires a personal faith. If I'm going to carry authority, if I'm going to carry the keys to a gate-level authority, then I have to, it has to be through Christ and a personal faith. Through Christ and a personal faith. It has to become personal, church. It can't be just a corporate thing. It can't just be a public thing. No, no, there has to be a personal part in your life where your faith is made personal. When no one's around, when I'm not around, when the band's not around, it has to be personal. When David gives us the greatest example, King David, you read the Psalms, he went through some very, very interesting times. But if you study the Psalms, he would talk about his issues, but end praising God. He would always find his strength in the Lord. There was no phones back then to call somebody. There was no text message. No, 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 no. He found his strength in the Lord. Nobody had to do it for him. He did it himself. And as he did it himself, look at the man of God he became. Did he have his moments? He did. Did God restore him? He did. But he created this habit that, man, it has to be personal. He was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he was personal with God. Nobody had to make him become a man of God. Nobody had to make him do anything. Him personally created that. So it's through Christ. We, how do you get, get, what are the keys to gave low authority? Through Christ, by personal faith, and then operated by faith. It's operated by faith. In faith, I'm sorry. Through Christ, operated in faith. In faith. You have your Bibles. I want you to go to uh, Luke chapter 7, 11 through 17. Luke chapter 7, 11 through 17 says this. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bears stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and, J- and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Church, nothing that is operated in the flesh will ever work. It has to be through faith in God. Nothing in the flesh will ever work. Nothing in the flesh will ever work. Whatever we are dealing with, Jesus shows us that it's not in the flesh. In the flesh, there's grief. In the flesh, there's sadness. In the flesh, there are dead things. But when you have a Jesus kind of faith, you can speak to what was dead and it has to come back to life. It does not, I'm not just talking about a dead person. It could be a dead marriage. It could be a dead business. It could be a dead dream. As you, if you can speak to it in faith, it will come to life. And I'm not talking to a bunch of people that don't have, I'm talking to some people in here that say, I carry a faith. I carry something different. 
I got to carry. I got to operate in faith. And Jesus says that what does he do? He speaks to the boy. He tells the people. The Bible says that he sees them. He sees the mom and he says, I have, there was compassion. He says, don't cry. He tells the lady, don't cry. And then he speaks to the problem. I want to encourage someone today that God sees you. God sees you. If you don't feel seen, if you haven't felt seen in a long time, I want to encourage whoever in this room that God sees you. He sees your prayers. He sees what you're going through. And the same way he had compassion over this woman, he has compassion over you. He has a compassion. He sees your prayers, church. We don't have a God. We don't, we don't serve a God that's blind or mute or deaf. We, we serve a God that sees and a God that acts. We, see, we serve a God that sees and a God that acts. But spiritual authority, church, is, acted by, is activated by the faith of a believer. You want spiritual authority like Jesus? It has to be activated by faith. It's a faith that's connected to what Christ has already done. That Christ has already done. Jesus spoke to the dead as if they were alive. He didn't say, oh, dead person. No, he said, hey, you know what, kid, get up. The Bible says the kid rises up. They were already, the funeral had already started. The funeral, the procession at the gate, gate level authority at the gate, they were already getting ready to bury this kid. But when Jesus steps in, one word comes back to life. Church, I'm here to encourage you with this, that you must learn, church. We must learn, if we're going to carry spiritual joy, that we must learn to speak to what's dead, to speak what's lacking, to speak what's empty, to speak what is hard, and speak life. Speak life over your marriage. Speak life over your children. Speak life over your job. Speak life. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm talking to some believers in this room. You got to learn to speak life. You speak death all the time, but how about you switch it once in a while and watch God do something different in your life. Speak it. The Bible says in Romans 4, 17, it says that is what scriptures mean when God told them, I made you father of many nations. This is what happened because Abram believed God who brings the dead back to life and he creates new things out of nothing. He creates new things out of nothing. New things out of nothing. We serve a God that creates new things out of nothing, church. New things. New things. Some of you are asking God for a new thing, and God says, I'm available to give you a new thing. A new song. A new joy. Maybe you've been sad for a while, and God wants to give you a new thing out of nothing. God is saying, what the Bible is trying to say in Romans is God is speaking to things as if they were, even though it doesn't look like it. Speaking into things as if they were. And sometimes you might feel dumb speaking something that doesn't look right. And you're like, man, this sounds really weird. I'm, it doesn't, doesn't look anything good right now, but I'm going to speak it anyways. It doesn't seem right right now, but, but I'm going to speak it anyways. Because Jesus modeled that for his people. And Paul confirms it in Romans that we serve a God, the God of Abraham. And if we are sons and daughters and heirs of Abraham, if we are God's children, can I tell you something? He's asking us to do the same thing. To speak life. Speak, in other words, work the word. Work the word. Work the word. What did Jesus do in the desert with the devil for 40 days? He worked 
the word. When the enemy tried to tempt him, what did he do? He responded with the word. He responded with the word. With the word. I said last week, Joel Osteen's father, John Osteen, I told you last week, and I'm going to remind some people you weren't here last week. He came from a denomination that didn't believe in healing and all that. And I'm not going to say what denomination because I, I, I know pastors in this city that are from that. They didn't believe in healing. They didn't believe in a lot of things. And, and I, you know, whatever, they, that, that's them. But he had this encounter with God that completely changed his mindset. That completely changed his perspective of who God was. And he says when his wife had cancer, that every day as he was reading scriptures, he was declaring the word. Declaring the word. And the Bible says, I mean that Bible, and John Osteen's testimony is that his wife is healed. And Dodie Osteen is alive today. But she, they chose to believe the word over, over man's word. They chose to speak the word. They chose to work the word. They chose to respond by the word of God. Some of you need to put a stop sign to any other person who wants to speak other than the word of God to you. Some of you need to tune out people that want to discourage you as you move forward with God. Some of you need to get to a habit that says, you know what? Thank you for your opinion, but my God's bigger than that. My God's a lot bigger than that. My God's bigger than that cancer. My God's bigger than that broken business deal. My God's bigger than whatever the government wants to do next. My God is bigger than that. He's bigger. And because he's bigger, I'll experience bigger things. I'll experience something supernatural that no one else can name and talk about. No one else will get the glory but God. Pastor Alex shared a testimony right now. No one else gets the glory but God. It's only God. And I say it every week. I can't do anything without him. I can't pray for people without him. I can't go through the week without him. Now, I can't do anything. And I'm here to encourage you, church, that, man, you are in for the ride of your life. When everyone else is speaking death, God's going to bring life to everything you do. Everything your hand touches will be blessed. Everywhere you foot set foot on it will be blessed. Everywhere your foot treads on becomes yours. Because Jesus is the one that reigns. And Jesus reigns forevermore. He does not change today. And you got to get that in your spirit, so deep in your spirit, that it, you can't be moved by any little circumstance. You can't be moved by what you watch because it's so ingrained in your spirit. We live in a society, church, that we've, our society has created where our society criticizes more than prophesies. Our society is quick to criticize, quick to downplay, quick to say, you know what, I guess this is it. You know what, what sentence bothers me the most that people use all the time? Well, that's just how I am. This is how it's going to be. Why? So you already accepted the defeat. That's how you are. So you're always going to be negative because that's how you are? I thought the Bible says that I'm a new creation. And if I'm a new creation, I'm going to walk in new things. I'm going to walk in a different mindset. I'm telling you, I'm not going to let you be defeated. I, I can't. As your pastor, I feel the conviction to let you feel and act defeated and walk defeated and have a poverty mindset. No, 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 I can't. Because if Jesus can't let his people do the why should I? Why should I? So church, the Bible says this in Mark eleven twenty four. 
It says, I tell you, you can pray for what? Anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be what? You can pray for what? And if anything, and if you believe that you received, you've received it, it will be what? <laughs> Jesus said, you can pray about anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Jesus saying, hey, you want to operate in faith? Pray about it. You want to operate in faith? Believe it and you'll receive it. You want to operate in faith? Speak it. You want to experience the miraculous? Believe it. Jesus kept reminding the people, in the, if you read the Gospels, what does he always say? Believe in me. Abide in me. He's been trying to tell the people, we've been trying to tell people, even Paul, thousands of years later, we're still in the same thing. Believe that I can do this. Believe that I can provide for you. Believe that I can heal you. Believe that when you call on my name, your drug addiction has to go. Believe in my name and that job is going to open up for you. Believe that in my name, you will be healed. Believe. That's what he's asking. He's asking you to believe him. He's asking you, believe me. He says, believe me. Church, your perspective will either be your prison or your passport. Your perspective of God will either be your prison or it will be your passport, but it will be one or the other. And if you are a prisoner to your perspective, I'm here to encourage you. It's time to open up your eyes again and to see the glory of the Lord again, to see God differently again. It's time to act different and work different so that you can see everything that God has. Church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus said, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Anything that the devil has tried to send to you will not prevail. This week, when the devil tried to discourage you, I'm here to encourage you to get up and do it again. When you, when someone spoke something of your life and it hurts you, I need you to look up again and say that God has the final word. When you feel discouraged because you feel like your family and your sons and daughters aren't coming home and things aren't changing, it's time for you to look again and believe that God, that your child will be saved. Your son and your daughter will be saved. They will come home. When you are feeling like, God, I'm lacking, can I tell you, believe again that he will fill you. If you feel depressed believe that god wants to give you joy today believe him again because anything that the enemy wants to send your way will fall church goliath was created to fall the walls of jericho were created to fall anything that the enemy has ever come to come and create against you will fall in jesus name today is the day that we see the glory of god move like never before today is the day that god wants to do something supernatural to you and through you but they will fall through Christ operated in faith. But we have to make it personal and we have to start activating our authority again and start speaking over things and start declaring the word of God because your declarations turn into demonstrations. That's what they do. Your declarations will turn into demonstrations. And I've seen it time and time again. This past year, I've seen it I can't deny it. I've seen people, when I was in Pittsburgh, lady, 19 years, couldn't walk, stand up and walk before my eyes. I've seen it. And I can't deny it. 
I can't pretend it doesn't happen just because I want to make someone feel good about themselves. I can't. I can't unsee it. I've experienced it myself. My daughter is the biggest miracle today. When the doctor said I couldn't have a kid, I'm having a kid. I have a kid right now. She's a month old. But I can't, I can't see it. I can't deny the power of God. And God wants to do the same thing for your life. He wants you to carry an authority wherever you go. That you start declaring things. That you, lay, you got family members that are sick, you lay hands on them. You got a business that's struggling. Man, why don't you walk around your property and anoint your property one more time and watch God bless your business. You got an addiction issue? Come boldly to the throne of God and let him set you free. But we can't do this without Jesus. Can't do it. We can't do it without him. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.